The Word of the Lord from Jeremiah 23, verses 1 through 6. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who care for my people, you have scattered my flock and driven them away, and you have not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for your evil deeds, declares the Lord. Then I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. And I will set shepherds over them who will care for them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall any be missing, declares the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called, The Lord is our Righteousness. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our gospel proclamation is the prophecy of Jeremiah that I just finished reading for you and serves as the basis of our theme for the eighth Sunday after Pentecost, Seeing Our King. In the early 5th century BC, God had enough with the evils of Judah. Zedekiah was the king and he did what was wicked in the sight of the Lord. It is such a quick sentence in 2 Kings 24 19 that it may just pass you by with nary a consideration, quickly moving on to Nebuchadnezzar leading the Babylonian army to destroy the Holy Land and carry God's people into captivity. When you realize that it was because of Zedekiah's sin that the people of God were carried off into captivity, that parts of the Bible were actually written in the language of the captive state, and a generation of God's people would never see the promised land again, you pause for just a minute and ask yourself, what could he have possibly done that deserves this kind of punishment for all his subjects? Now you understand Jeremiah's opening exhortation from God. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. Indeed, they are most to be pitied for the grief they have caused the people of God and the anger they stirred up in God. But again... What did he do that deserves this? All we know is what we learn from 2 Chronicles 36. He didn't humble himself before Jeremiah, God's voice to God's people. He rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, thereby breaking an oath to Nebuchadnezzar he made before God. He stiffened his neck and hardened his heart against turning to the Lord. All of his officers and priests faithlessly followed the abominations of the pagan nations. They polluted the holy house of the Lord. 
And they even mocked the messengers of God. It was a deplorable state that angered God to the point of no return. No return from the annihilation of Jerusalem. No return from the destruction of the temple. And no return for a generation that would never see the promised land again. It's very depressing when the shepherds who are supposed to lead us fail us and deny God. I have personally witnessed just such shepherds in my time in the ministry. Like the shepherds at some churches that literally bill people for their tithes. How they figured out what their income was and what a tithe that that would be, I will never understand. But I got more than a couple of members from that church where I served in Middleburg. In that same town, I have personally witnessed a shepherd who used the N-word in his common talk like it was a standard colloquial discourse when describing his preaching to me. I knew a Catholic priest in the community neighboring Middleburg that was stealing money from his parish and sending it back to his girlfriend in the Philippines. In that same region, I knew both an elder and a pastor that were caught molesting children, both who went to jail for their crimes. And even here, in our beloved Eustace. I knew a pastor from New York that came to our community to establish a women's shelter and was arrested for assaulting and inappropriately touching the women he claimed to be helping. We all know the devastation to God's people when the ones we are supposed to trust are the ones that are preying upon us to take advantage of us. The depth of God's anger and disappointment over sin is easy to understand, especially when God's people stand by and tacitly approve of the disgraces of those who lead us, instruct us, and are supposed to care for us and everyone in need. So we can indeed see the evil shepherds for who they are and why we must be equally concerned with leaders that are evil and their intentions against God. Judah and Israel were in a vice between two ruling powers in the world, the Egyptians to the south and the Assyrians and later the Babylonians to the north. Their entire existence was a pressure cooker of anti-Godites that saw them only as a stepping stone to their imperial ambitions to dominate the world for the sake of their false gods. It's really not much different for us today. We as biblical people of God and the one true Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, likewise find ourselves in the vice of Hollywood on the one side, incessantly sending anti-Christian themes to the medium of entertainment and managed social media on the other side that constantly promotes anti-Christian social progression undermining the family and biblical truth. And if that wasn't enough, 
The latest Rasmussen reports found voters overwhelmingly believe major media outlets are a problem, and 58% agree that the media is the enemy of the people. They aren't trying to help report on our culture. They are trying to make the culture what they want it to be. And they want Christians marginalized as much as they possibly can. Unfortunately, there are new shepherds purporting to be for God, but they are approving these abominations while ignoring God's word entirely. You know what I say to that? Bring it on! We've been there before and God preserved us through it all. When the Egyptians enslaved us, God freed us through the waters of the Red Sea, foreshadowing our baptism to this day. When the Babylonians hauled us into captivity, God raised up for us the Persians to free us and reestablish our temple worship in his promised land. When the Greeks desecrate God's temple with the abomination of the desolation, making it a temple to the Greek god Zeus, God raised up Judas Maccabees to revolt and rededicate the temple for God. When the church turned from God's holy word in the Reformation, God raised up Martin Luther to raise up the next generation of biblical Christians. When the governments in Europe marginalized the churches and dictated their creeds and confessions of faith, God rose up leaders that brought the Christian faith to America and established the basis of our freedom to worship Jesus without fear to this day. Oh, the assaults on Christians and Jews around the world may be increasing. Under-shepherds may be waffling and failing, but we can stand fast knowing that God is with us all the way no matter what pressure the community may bring against us, because we proclaim the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, through it all. I have likewise seen amazing pastors sacrificing so God's truth would prevail and God's people would be cared for. I have watched pastors come to our community and work tirelessly for the unborn and biblical leadership that preserves our church's freedom to worship every day. I have endlessly thanked God for Pastor Spaeth, Pastor Moore, Pastor Genzen, Pastor Hanel, Pastor Brooks Braswell, Pastor John Victory, and Pastor Ryan Schmitz, and Pastor Jacob Bauman, who all publicly speak on behalf of our biblical confession of faith and supporting our school's mission to change the world for Jesus. These are good shepherds to our eternal king. And Jeremiah prophesied that king, the greatest king there ever was, that survived the most powerful vice ever perpetrated on any man, this king came as a baby with King Herod the Great, dispatching his soldiers to destroy every child in his town to stop him before he ever grew up. This king 
live the humiliating life of foxes in their hole and birds of the air with no place to call a home. This king did nothing but live his life in utter service to humankind, loving sinners, healing the sick, feeding the hungry, and forgiving the unredeemable, only to be betrayed by the very people whom he treasured. Same people that cried Hosanna to the king of David would succumb to the vice of the pressure between the Romans and the religious leaders of their day when they abused their king with a crown of thorns and crucified him for the crime of being who he really was. Our God and our Savior, our true high priest and prophet, the only king we'll ever need. Then he proved it by dying the ultimate king's way on the cross, declaring our sins forgiven and rising from the dead to show it was undeniably true for everyone who believes. This is why the world and the vice of this culture can't push us anymore. This is why the propaganda of the progressive atheist can never fool us again. This is why Hollywood's hellhounds are but whimpering mangy mutts before our Lord. He broke the vice by breaking death and breaking anything that gets in the way of our seeing him as our ultimate king forever. Amen. Now may that peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.